So if you have your Bibles, we are in Matthew chapter 5 of our uh, series. We started Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' greatest teachings compacted together. Um, these are high standards of living. This is the Jesus way. And some of it is only takes the Holy Spirit to do it because it's such a high standard. It'll challenge us. And uh, it's sometimes contrary to the world. So he starts out the Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes, and that's where we're going to spend our summer, at least through July, um, reading through the Beatitudes. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to read all of them and then break down the third one today. Now, verse 1. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for those, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Just want to reiterate what we said last week. Jesus sandwiches all the beatitudes with the kingdom of heaven. The first three are internal. Uh, the, uh, the, the last ones are external. Just to reiterate, blessed means a deeply sense of, of well-being. It comes from being in a relationship with the Lord. And it, it doesn't make sense to say, oh, you're blessed when you are poor in spirit. And he starts, each one of these actually builds and layers into the next. It's not a random order. At least most of the commentaries I've read have, have said this. And as I'm preparing for these messages... Um, I believe that. So it starts out, blessed are the poor in spirit. Like it takes our brokenness. That's the, end, that's the beginning point. Once we realize, oh, I have spiritual poverty, that's the starting point. The morning is we actually do grieve over our sin. And, when, and then so this, you can see it starting later. And then because we figured out we're broken and we need God, two, uh, we're mourning over our brokenness. And it leads us to a place of meekness. Now, this is one of those messages, uh, you know, I've never really deeply, if I can be honest, never really deeply dove into the Beatitudes until I knew I was going to do this series. And every week as I write, I am just convicted, like, I need more of God. And speaking on meekness, because that's the Beatitude we're going to talk today, is meekness, I feel so, such like a fraud, like, who can get up here and say, hey, I'm meek and I'm in a position to teach on my meekness. And uh, it's just like, oh, Lord, how could I ever, like, do this? And I just remind this song I sung in choir when I was in high school. It's that, you might know it, if you're older like me, you might know, oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble. You remember that? When you're perfect, yeah, when you're perfect in every way. I can't wait to look in the mirror. I get better looking each day. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be home. And I just, that's what I feel like this, like, false humility, you know. Um, so if you would just bear with me through this, because I think all of us would want more meekness. And um, could, can maybe understand why I feel like a fraud teaching this. I do want to be humble. I do want to be meek. 
but uh, I think there's probably, you know, other people that, that could really do this better than me. Um, so just real quick, meekness uh, in the Greek means mild, humble, unassuming. There, it's usually translated three ways in, in the Bibles. Uh, meek is the primary way, humble, gentle. Those three words, meek, humble, and gentle is how meekness is normally translated. It means to be even-tempered, tranquil, balanced in spirit, and unpretentious. It's the ability to have your passions under control. Meekness is the grace to be gentle. Meekness is the grace to be humble. Meekness is the grace to be unpretentious. And I love John MacArthur's, I don't agree with all John's theology, but I, I, he, he lands it here really well. I love his, his, his definition of meekness, and it's this. Meekness is, coming up on the screen, yeah. Meekness is power surrendered to God's control. This is what meekness is. Uh, and if we're honest, like in our day and age, meekness is not something that's valued Right? We, we tend to think it means wimpy or whatever. But uh, actually, meekness is not that you're a weak person. It's actually that you're able to control your strength under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Meekness is power surrendered to God. And today I want to paint a portrait of meekness. But before I do, I want to talk about like what it is not. What meekness is not. Number one, meekness it is the opposite of self-righteousness, arrogance, and defensiveness. Meekness is the opposite of self-righteous pride, arrogance, and defensiveness. Meekness, I think our society would feel like meekness achieves nothing in our society. Say your opinion, say it now, say it loud. And uh, <clears throat> it's, it's not the way people win political elections. Like, I don't know, like, could you even live this beatitude and, like, be a politician? Like, I've never seen any political cycle where it doesn't get really ugly. It doesn't look like power surrendered. It looks like, no, I'm going to show you the full force of my power, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share all your, your dirty laundry, and we're going we're gonna to battle each other. And I just, I look at this, and I think, wow, could you even be, I do believe there are godly politicians, but uh, I think it would really be hard to win an election, uh, Based, based on that. James 4, 5 says this. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. There is that same Greek word, to the meek. He opposes the proud. Pride is probably one of the only, I could be wrong, but pride is the only sin I see in the Bible that says God opposes it. God, if you are a prideful, arrogant person, God actually opposes you. I think the Pharisees kind of walked in this pride of their knowledge of the scriptures and always looking down on Jesus and, hey, this guy's eating and drinking with sinners. Righteous people don't do that. He's eating with tax collectors, which was the worst of society at the time. And they were very arrogant. In fact, when Jesus teaches on, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, Lord? Uh, 
my brain just in slow mode this morning. Uh, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. When Jesus teaches on blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, it's in context of the Holy Spirit moving and healing. Like, it's not like this person who's like, you know, just not right with God. It's actually, he's talking to the Pharisees, the religious people who are refusing to see how God was moving in the moment. And that's when he teaches on the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. He says, you, you know, all sins are forgiven except that. They were unable to see how God was moving in that village or wherever they were at the time. Because God opposes the proud. Pride uh, is counterfeit meekness. And what I mean by that is false humility. Ah, I'm just a sinner. Say, you know, someone says something like that, it like feels like they want to come across as humble. They know they need to, but it really is just like, I think that's actually false humility. And you, everyone feels it but them. And so you're like, you know, God is opposing that. That is not meekness. It is the absolute opposite. It's, it's, meekness is I, really hard to like wrestle that word down, but I feel like we'll, we'll, maybe we'll land it in a few minutes. It's a little bit like keeping God the center and keeping you out of the center. All right, so yesterday, yesterday I did a wedding. I performed a wedding. And uh, it was just about 10 minutes before the wedding starts. And the bride sends out like one of her friends. She wasn't in the wedding party, but she sends out and, and she says, the bride would like you to step out of the way when you say you may kiss your bride. Like, get out of the way of the photo. And I'm like, what? You know, my pride was like, well, this ain't my first rodeo. I know to, like, I don't want to be the creepy guy in the photo while you're, he's kissing his wife. So I usually do that, like, right? Usually, you may kiss your bride, and I kind of jump out of the way. And, but, uh, and I thought, that is what. That's what it means to be meekness, that God stays at the center, and you're, you're like the same way that someone may uh, officiate a wedding. It's the focus is on this couple, and then the moment of that intimacy, you get out of the way. That's, that, 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 that is like what meekness looks like. God is the center. I am getting out of the way. But if it's like, oh, no, I'm officiating the wedding, and I must be here. This is my spot. You must know this. They must know this. I'm never included in the wedding photos with the family. I don't know what that's about, Lord, but <laughs> oh, Lord, is hard. But God opposes uh, number two. What it is not meekness is not weakness. We already said it. It's the power completely surrendered to God. Meekness does not mean uh, that you're a weak person, but it's actually. Because of the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit, you know how to control your strength. One great example of this is when Absalom takes over the kingdom from David. I don't know if you know this story, but he had a son who betrayed his father and stole the kingdom from David. So David, he, David could have killed Absalom and, and killed all of those in rebellion. It was basically treason, and he could have killed them all, but he doesn't. He leaves his palace, he leaves Jerusalem, and he essentially hands the kingdom over to his son. And as he's leaving, this, this man, I can't remember his name, and we'll read it in a second. But he comes out and is basically throwing stones at David and just cursing David. And he's like, just 
calling down curses upon David. David has his army with him when this guy is doing this. And he could just kill him right now. But watch what David does. 2 Samuel 16, 9, 9 and verse 12. Oh, my eyes. I'm going to zoom up. That's why I use an iPad now. Um, Abishiah, I'm going to say, the son of Zeruiah, said to the king, why should, so this is David's, like one of David's men, like one of his men in his army. It says, why should this dog curse the Lord my king? Let me go over and cut off his head. So this is what he's saying, David, you, why are you letting this guy talk to you this way? See, David's strong. David was a mighty man. I mean, he, he killed Goliath. He killed lions. He killed bears. He won many battles. This is one guy. David has a whole army. And this guy in his army is like, why are you letting this happen? Why are you letting this guy curse you? Like, I'm just going to go over and cut off his head. Watch David's response. It may be, this is David's response in verse 12. It may be that the Lord will look upon my misery. And what David is saying is, I don't need to defend myself against that guy. And I don't need to defend myself against my son. I don't, need to, I don't need to go and take my kingdom. This is God's kingdom. And so he says, maybe the Lord will look upon my misery and restore to me his covenant blessing instead of his curse today. David controlled his strength. And sometimes I'll get asked, like, hey, it doesn't look like on social media, you, you know, you're really saying your political stance. And I try, I'm not neutral. I have opinions. Meekness is uh, uh, not necessarily that we don't have opinions. It's just we know the proper place to put it. And for me, social media is not a great place to air our political views or things like that because there's no context for the relationship to exist. You can't see facial expressions. People read, they, they, they interpret the, uh, the meaning or the nonverbal stuff that you would usually see in an interaction can't be seen in Facebook. So they see it, hear a tone that you may not have intended. And so it comes across as whatever. So it's not that I have no opinions. It's just that that's not the place. If I know you, we'll talk. But, uh, and, and I would certainly stand for kingdom values, and, and I do. But for me, that would not be the best approach. So I don't. And so I don't use my social media platform to cut off the heads to everybody that's cursing Christians. Because David doesn't. And he had completely had the power to do it. But he exercised his power. And meekness is the ability to surrender your opinion. To surrender your right. To surrender like... You know, what you want someone to feel the full weight of your anger or the full weight of your opinion or the full weight of your idea. And what ends up happening is you just lose your voice anyway. And if your goal is to win an argument, here's what I've learned. So I try not to argue. Sometimes, you know, it happens as a pastor. But I try not to because what I've learned is that if our goal is to win an argument, I already lose. I just already, you already lose. So what does a portrait of meekness look like? Uh, number one, what, here's what it looks like. So that's what it's not. It's not pride. It's not arrogance. It's not even weakness. Here's what it is. Number one, meekness is produced by the Holy Spirit. Like, as I'm reading through this, like, there, who could do this? Jeremiah says the human heart is desperately sick. 
If we are going to live kingdom values, and we've been saying this from day one, it will take the power of the Holy Spirit to transform our pride, to transform our anger, to transform uh, what is in us. It can only be the power of the Holy Spirit. There is no natural explanation. There's no natural way to actually be meek except that God is doing it in you. Because the flesh will want to fight. The flesh will want to defend. The flesh will want to have its way. The flesh will want to put blame somewhere. The flesh doesn't want to be meek. It wants to say, I'm right, you're wrong. Why don't you see that? So it will literally take the Holy Spirit saying, wow, is this something I need to surrender? You could be right, but still need to surrender it. But it will take the power of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit controls the life of the believer, it will produce meekness. Meekness is an unconscious anointing of the Holy Spirit. We can maybe intellectually want it and tell the Lord that, and I think he will honor that. And That's how I would say get there, start praying, like, Lord, I want this. I want to be authentic. I want to be meek. Um, I don't, I don't want to come across as arrogant or prideful or... Um, self-righteous, I want you in the middle of this. Galatians 5, 22 through 3, which is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, says the fruit, and this is on the, this is on the heels of Paul talking about the flesh, the works of the flesh, which is anger, which is pride, which is rebellion, sexual immorality. I like list all these works of the flesh, but the fruit of the Spirit it's interesting that Paul doesn't make this word fruit plural. It's not plural in the Greek. It, it seems like because he's listing nine different things, it would be fruits. But it's actually all of this is being produced in your life as one thing. The fruit of the Spirit's love. You know, if you go to our website, I intentionally put the word, every church has the same vision. It wants to make disciples for Jesus. But one thing that, that made me a disciple is when I learned that I'm loved and how to love others well. So I put in our vision statement, we're here to reach people with the love and the life-giving message because it's both. The message without the love will fall on deaf ears. Let me say that again. A message without the love and the heartbeat of Jesus behind it will fall on deaf ears. So I, I put in my, I want, I want our church to be a church that reaches people with his love and life-giving. If It should produce life. And this is what Paul is saying, is the fruit of the Spirit, it is love, joy. Like there should be this exuberant stuff about life. Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. This is the same root, Greek word of meek, gentleness. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary, for I am gentle. Same Greek word, though. Same, it's the same word. He's saying, I'm meek. I, 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 Jesus, who created the universe, who has the authority and the power. Like, How was it possible that leopards had felt courageous to go up to him when everyone's telling him, no, shut up, shut up. He doesn't want to see you. And he's, and, but the blind, the blind man just kept shouting his name because he was meek. They felt drawn to him. They, they, they knew, like, I know the world's rejecting me, but somehow, how was it that the tax collector was excited 
about Jesus. You know, Jesus' traditional views really aligned with the Pharisees. Like his theology was really a Pharisee theology. But the Pharisees would reject people, condemn them for things they'd say, things they'd do. But for whatever reason, the tax collector, the sinner, the adulteress, the drunks, they'd want to hang with him. And he said, come to me, all you who are weary, for I am gentle. And I'll give you rest for your souls. He says, learn from me. How do we do that? The Holy Spirit produces it. That's the starting point. Like, we cannot be a meek people without actually saying, Lord, I don't, like, I love the Bible. I study it every day. It, it, I mean, I'm using it, uh, and I'm, I'm reading commentaries on it, but it's, it, God's voice will come out of it, but it's the Holy Spirit in us. I hear God. Like, I don't. Uh, I'll hear him in the word, but I hear him when I pray. He talks to me. He corrects me. He brought correction to my heart this week. And um, he guides me. He leads me. He tells me what's to come. But it takes us submitting to him. And we first have to lay down our pride and say, Lord, I do, I do want to hear from you. I do want to be submissive to you. I want to be humble. I, I want to be meek. I'm not good at it all the time maybe, but Lord, it is what I want. How do, how do we do this? Be in life-giving environments. Life-giving environments where Jesus is the center and you're around other godly Christians, pray, ask for it. Jesus said, if we who are evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more would the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So we just ask. And then when he does speak, obey it. Follow it. Because meekness is the power that's completely surrendered to God's control. And that can only happen when we're leaning into the Holy Spirit's voice in our life. Number two portrait of meekness. Again, it's kind of like what it is not. Meekness is almost better like what it isn't. It's not pride. It's not right. Here's number two. Meekness does not seek revenge or get defensive. That's why he said turn the other cheek. Which somewhere in this series we'll probably bump into that verse. Isn't that hard? That's why I said, like, actually, and I'm reading through the Beatitudes every week. I'm like, wow, I, you know, I maybe a little tongue in cheek. I was saying it was hard, but it's hard. You want to get defensive. You, we want to seek. It's like what our flesh wants. We want to blame somebody. We want to tell somebody. We want somebody to pay for it. Meekness. Listen, meekness is when um, we can actually ask God to bless our enemies and we actually mean it. In the past 20 some years, I've, I've heard this many times in my office. Well, I, I keep asking for forgiveness, but I don't actually feel it. And I tell them, well, keep saying it because one day it'll come to you and you actually will be able to love that person. But meekness. Meekness happens when we can pray for our enemies. God bless them, like keep them, do something good in their life, and you mean it. You mean well for them. When your flesh would say, I want them to pay. <laughs> I want them to know how I feel about this. I, boom, 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 and your flesh goes through that, and that's not meekness. That's pride. That's arrogance. Jesus is saying, listen, there's a whole other way. What Jesus is really saying is, I want you to be the bridge. 
Don't make how they've offended you, how they've wronged you, and now they got to be the ones because they initiated. They hurt me. They ruined my reputation. They are the ones. And so meekness wants to, and I want you to know, and I want to be defensive. And I, want to, I want you to see my, my place. And what happens is and, and you, no bridge can be built. But when we're, when we're the ones say, I will exercise forgiveness, I will be meek, and, and I will not be defensive, now you can build the real bridge. This is what the, the Lord will do. Numbers, uh, in the Old Testament, there's a story of, well, let's just read it. Numbers 12, this is uh, when Moses has led the Israelites out of uh, Egypt, and they... Uh, have, you know, they're wandering right now, and Moses is hearing the voice of God. He's giving the laws, the commandments, the observance that they're supposed to observe, uh, the decrees of the Lord. And his brother and sister get a little jealous about this. And Miriam and Aaron, this is the brother and sister of Moses, begin to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife, for he had married a Cushite. So there's kind of like, some discrimination happening. She's not a Hebrew. She's not, she doesn't have our political views. She, she doesn't have my, she's not the same ethnic as me. There's like some racial tension in their family. And so watch what verse 2, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? They're not the only one who can preach. They're not the only one like, has, has the Lord, I, they asked, hasn't he also spoken to us? And the Lord heard this. Now, this is what I'm, I think it's really funny that Moses writes this about himself. But, you know, oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble, but I'm the most humble man in every way. Like, it's weird he writes this, but it is inspired by the Holy Spirit, so I believe it to be true. So, again, it wasn't false humility. He's just saying, he says, now Moses was a very humble man. Now this is wrote in the Hebrew, but the Greek translation of this is the exact same Greek word in, in Matthew 5. That literally is meaning he was meek. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. And at once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out of the tent of meeting, all three of you. And God brings correction to Aaron and Miriam. And here's what happens. Uh, Miriam actually, like the Lord causes her flesh to turn white and Aaron begs Moses like, oh my gosh, don't let our sister die. And Moses prays for his sister. Like he says, he literally says, Lord, heal my sister. And, and I'm wondering like, in his mind, like, be, he, I think he was saying, like, no, I believe his heart was really humble. He's really believing. His sister is cursing his wife. There's some very interesting relationship dynamics going on in this story. You hate my wife, and, and you're jealous of my relationship with the Lord, but I believe he meant it when he says, Lord, heal my sister. And the Lord honors Moses' prayer. You, you become meek when you actually pray for your enemies, or, you know, we, we don't really use that word anymore, do we? But you know that feeling you get when you see that Facebook post? And it's just like, <laughs> right, I feel it too. It's like, okay, I can pray for this person. That we can exercise meekness in that moment. The last one, 
Number three, meekness is being teachable. So number one, it actually takes the work of the Holy Spirit. Number two, it doesn't want revenge. It wants, it wants the best even for its enemies. This is why I said this is hard teaching that Jesus gives us. It is hard to want what's best for those who have different political views than us. To want what, 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 is, what is best for a family member that's really hurt us. Meekness, number three, is being teachable. It implies teachability and the readiness to submit to God. If meekness is that we're surrendering our power to the control of the Lord, and the Lord may actually tell you to confront somebody. But if it is, it's going to be gentle. It's going to be in love. It's not going to be argumentative. It's going to be in, in the right spirit and heart. I would say specifically for God's word. God's word will teach us. I like saying this about being teachable. Teachability is when you're able to not only want to learn, but you're willing to relearn what you think you already know. That's why often I'll say some, at some point God's word should convict our hearts. At some point it should offend us. Paul talks about the offense of the cross. God's word is offensive. But what it does, if we'll submit to it instead of being suspicious of God and his ways or maybe suspicious of another person, you know, Proverbs talk about the wounds of a friend can be trusted like, Okay, that, that hurt, but because I know you love me, I'm going to listen to this. That's what meekness is. James, the brother of Jesus, talks about this in James 1, 19 through 22. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. And I love he says, like, all right, he's saying, pay attention to this one. Pay attention. He's saying, take note. He's like, okay, learn from this one. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to say their point of view. All right, one person. Are you reading that with me? Because I didn't, that's not in there. <laughs> You're like, just, yep, that's right, that's good. All right, say my point of view. No, read it with me because you just see I read it wrong. On purpose, I read it wrong. Uh, everyone should be quick to listen, listen. Slow to what? Speak. Slow to send out that Facebook post. Slow to share your theology for the person who doesn't care. Because they know your heart's not really for them. You just want to be right. You just want to be, I have, yeah, I'm going to stop. All right, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Now this is interesting because he's actually saying there's an attitude behind that quickness you want. You're sitting there and you're like, oh, I got to tell them. He's got to know what I'm thinking. She, she, uh, she's going to know. Like, uh, and it, what she says, actually, there's something behind us because human anger. So when you feel that someone who's posting that thing, and it feels like it's against your beliefs as a Christian, it it feels like um, uh, it, you know, that it's just opposite of what you, and you're feeling this tension. He says because human anger 
does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Does this seem hard for anybody? Okay, yeah, like you're feeling. I'm not preaching at you, please. Like I'm not, I don't mean to step on any toes, but it's true. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent humbly. There it is again. This same birth out of that same root word of meekness, humbly. If you're humble, you're surrendering your power to God's control. God isn't saying you can't have the thought. God isn't saying that you're not right. He's just saying, hey, make sure the attitude is aligned right with my kingdom values. Humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, but do what it says. One of the things I do, I, I, I can sometimes dominate a conversation. Surprise, I'm the preacher. <laughs> but I have to put a mental stopwatch. Like I tell myself, oh, hey, listen. You need to listen. Like you're not listening. And I, so what I try to do is I try to like feel the person, what they're saying, like, so, I, uh, so, I, so I can be empathetic and, um, and, and really... Uh, he, I might not always be sympathetic, but I want to, you know, I want them to feel heard. Uh, so I put a mental stopwatch. Ask yourself, how much of the conversation am I dominating? Do others feel that their viewpoint and their ideas are valued? It doesn't mean we have to agree. It just means we can talk. We can hear. Meekness doesn't mean you can't have an opinion. You can. I would say also allow God's word to direct your life, your behavior, and your attitude. Because meekness is power that's completely surrendered to God's control. Here's one thing you can do to just start doing this. Like, how, how can I be meek? Okay, just how do I practically do this? I'd say the best way, it's probably not the best way, a way is just simply listen more than you talk. And you, even, even if the Holy Spirit has not done this, you will come across as a caring person. Simply listen more than we speak is one thing we could do this week. When we talk too much and listen too little, when we communicate what we think and our ideas and our point of views, and blah, 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 what happens is you're saying, I'm more important than you, I'm smarter than you. Like Ron Swanson and Lowe's. Remember that episode? Where the guy's like, can I help you? I'm smarter than you. I know more than you. And the guy's like, whoa, okay, Ron. Don't be a Ron Swanson. He watches way too much TV. I would just, close as we close in prayer, meekness begins and ends with God. This ends, starts with him. And it ends with him. And it's when we can surrender our power to his control. Let's do that. And he says, if we do that, we'll inherit the earth. And I'll have time to explain that part. Let's pray. Would you bow your heads, Father? Lord, this is hard to hear. 
especially in a world right now that is very expressive. Lord, we live in a world that is expressing views that are contrary to Christian values. We live in a world where everything seems opposite and you tell us, hey, be meek in this environment. It's what you modeled. I just ask, help us, Father. Help us, Lord, to just have the right heart, a meek, mild, gentle spirit that just reflects your kingdom, where people actually feel loved and they're drawn. Lord, that we could walk in environments that are just so contrary to us, but people are drawn to us because of our authenticity and our meekness. And Lord, we cannot do this without you. Lord, I don't know how we could. I, pride just always wants its way. And so, Father, we just put that on the cross this morning and we crucify pride. We crucify our own opinions, our self-righteousness, our way. Just put it on the cross, Father. We, Lord, I just say, help us be a people who absorb the cost. This is going to cost me. For the sake of the kingdom, I will absorb it. And only through the power of your Holy Spirit could we do that. And while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to pray for you if you don't know Jesus. Or maybe you've been an argumentative person and you've not surrendered the control of your life. You don't know Jesus yet. Or maybe you said a prayer one time, you gave your life to him, but you've walked away and you're not sold out. You're here this morning and you know that you know that you know that you know I'm supposed to get right with God this morning. And if that's you, I want to pray for you. I won't embarrass you, but I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to count to three and I just simply want you to lift up your hand. One, how you know You've already thought I should lift my hand. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Don't ignore that. Surrender that control. Two, this will be the best decision you've ever made. Jesus wants to change your life. Three, quickly lift up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Several hands went up. Okay. We're going to say a prayer together. And if you mean this, Jesus is coming into your heart. Your life is getting ready to change. Let's pray this together. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I recognize today that I'm spiritually broken and I need a Savior. Save me. Jesus, save me. Today I decide to make you the Lord of my life. I give up control and I ask for your spirit to lead me. My life is yours. In Jesus' name.